0: Bubble needs to sponsor our podcast. They do. Because I buy all our clothes at Redbubble.
1: They do. Red Bubble, come right. on. And so it's very darkly humorous yes. in that way. Yeah,
0: very cheeky. When he bit Brad Pitt, I was like, oh, that's why guys like girl on girl action. Like, it just opened the door for me. I'm like, oh, my God. They
1: say my name's a teacher. Or oh, that is what I call myself. One guess as to who picked the song this week? <laughs> Little Jethro Tall. The yeah, first I can't appearance. The I first can't. appearance by the Tall, right on the Fright Club. I'm
0: confident that that is actually so that.
1: <laughs> so that might make that might make uh, the next uh, Fright Club hits Spotify podcast. <laughs> and that yeah, and that was just my way to mention that we have a Fright Club hits Spotify uh, uh, Spotify playlist. But we're recording the podcast. And welcome to it. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And we are from MadWolf.com, and we are doing our monthly Fright Club Live here at the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Yay. Ohio. Yay. <laughs> and it's extra special. It's, it's buzzing here right now at the Gateway Film Center. There's a lot yeah, going on. They
0: have, yes. Well, they have Focal, uh, the film festival of Columbus. We were just talking about, so Summer of 84, There's their closing show, and yeah. the filmmakers will be here for it. And it's the same filmmakers who made Turbo Kid, so
1: yeah. awesome. We're bummed because we're actually going we're on vacation got, right. in a couple of days, so we're going to miss it. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to catch it later. So that's very cool that they've got the uh, they've got that here at uh, Film Festival of Columbus Vocal, and we've got Fright Club here tonight, and we're going to talk about mentors or teachers. Right, that's why we brought that song into that's it. That's Right, Murderous uh, Mentors. Yeah. So before we get to that, though, we want to thank everybody that uh, well, we want to fa- thank Phantom Dark Dave of Dave's Pop Culture Podcast and Black Cat Shadow for joining us to talk about the best horror movies of the 1950s. Oh, the 1950s. Yeah. yeah. That got a lot of of great feedback. Yes,
0: people were really happy about that one. I'm just going to, there are a handful of uh, the most commonly cited overlooked films, the movies that people were most mad about not seeing. Curse of the Demon, Them, exclamation point, and The Fly. Um, and the fly was, was close. The fly right. was close. But I think on the whole, it went it went pretty well. Um, it really did, yeah. Yeah, I know that Tom and Tammy were happy to see Creature from the Black Lagoon, mm-hmm. which we can thank Dave for. Not uh, that we don't like it. No, but, no, yeah. no. Zach, at first, he was mad that Dracula wasn't number one, but then he let it go, and he was <laughs> all right with it. Um,
1: we appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun going back, because we had done all the other decades, and it just seemed, we had a lot of people actually ask for the 50s. Yes. But- we admitted that we were not maybe as up on the 50s horror as we should have been, especially you. So, uh, <laughs> you went back. I know. Nathan had... was
0: really disappointed in me. That's he wasn't okay. happy about that's it. That's okay. Yeah, You're a quick know. study. He just said I wasn't. I couldn't hang with the cool kids is what I ju- <laughs> literally just told me. But that's good,
1: though. We appreciate all the feedback, as always. And uh, so, we're going to get to mentors, teachers tonight, and we're going to show... Uh, behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon, that's which right. is a lot of fun. How many people have not seen it? Well, that's good. Yay! That's I'm very excited awesome. about
0: that. I just We just talked to Chris Hamill, who's a president programmer here, and he says, as far as he knows, it never screened in Columbus. So it's never shown theatrically here, as far as he knows. And a he premiere! Know. I know, it's a premiere! We should have
1: had the red carpet or we something out there. I know. I could have done some dumpster diving, got us some red carpet out of one of the campus dumpsters. I
0: imagine you could have.
1: Just like when we lived on campus. yeah. Just Back in the good old days. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, well, that's great. We don't have a lot of people that have seen it, so when we get to that in the countdown, we really won't say anything about it. No. Because we don't want to uh, spoil anything, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of Before fun. Before we movie.
0: jump in, I do have to say one thing. So, a couple of podcasts ago, I told everybody that if you're interested in sort of a rundown of all the Halloween movies and all of Jamie Lee Curtis's horror films, check out Senior Aussie Correspondent Corey Metcalf's Triple Cast, which would have been great because it's a great podcast, but that's not the one that he's doing this on. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's uh, the rewatch podcast, which is also on Golden Spiral Media. So that's the one where they'll talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. Not I just always say triple cast because I just do. I probably get Dave's podcast wrong all the time, too. These people who do multiple podcasts, the very much energy they have. We just let it slide. Uh, anyway.
1: Just move right on. So, okay, cool. Um, so we're getting to the mentors, the teachers. Any ground rules, anything that didn't make the cut we want to talk about before we actually get into it?
0: I could admit so. We were talking to our friend Kat, who uh, also reviews movies for us at Mad Wolf, Kat McAlpine, and she, um, in preparation for this, watched the film Interview with a Vampire, just assuming that it would be sort of a, it's not on the list. I hate that movie. I hate that movie. The one thing I like about Interview with a Vampire is, and I don't have a thing for Brad Pitt. I've never had a thing for Brad Pitt, especially. And, I mean, I don't have a, excuse me, of course I do. I don't have a thing for Tom Cruise, especially a, just to correct that, a blonde Tom Cruise. But when when he bit Brad Pitt, I was like, oh, that's why guys like girl-on-girl action. Like, it just opened the door for me. I'm like, oh, my God. So now every time I watch The Avengers, like, I want Thor to bite Captain America. And he never does.
1: You know what? I think this is where I just leave. And she just keeps her personal remembrances going for the next 20, 25 minutes. Anyway, it's not on here, so that was really (laughs) all I was saying. Although, even though this is not video, we have to point out Hope's fetching Nosferatu dress she's wearing tonight, huh? Thank you. (laughs) I countered with my HAL 9000 t-shirt, which uh, Melissa Dina got, so I always appreciate that. You know
0: what? Actually, Redbubble needs to sponsor our podcast. They do. Because I buy all our clothes at Redbubble. They
1: do. Redbubble? Come on. All right. So, get on with it. let's get on it. All right, so let's start with our we got a top 5 of our favorite horror mentors and we'll start with one. This is a new one, a new one to the to the podcast, to the countdown. A New York philosophy grad student turns into a vampire after getting bitten by one, then tries to come to terms with her new lifestyle and frequent craving for the human blood. This is from 1995, The Addiction. Ah! From the director of King of New York. And Bad Lieutenant. The shocking new film from Abel Ferrara. Lily Taylor. Christopher Walken. Annabella Shiora.
0: I want to know what's going to happen. Let's wait and see.
1: The Addiction.
0: Okay, I think first of all, it needs to be stated, that's the worst trailer ever.
1: <laughs> right?
0: I mean, did like a nine-year-old boy put that trailer together? That is the worst trailer I've ever seen, and I couldn't find like a proper trailer. I couldn't find one.
1: Well, this is one, it's interesting, even if you didn't really know about it, if you saw the movie The Transfiguration a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. this was one of Milo's video collections. Yes. Because, of course, he was all about the vampire movies. Yeah, this was one of his movies. And this one, obviously from the title, it, it draws a very big metaphor contrast between Drug addiction, any kind of addiction, and the, the vampire addiction. And uh, of course, it's got a pretty good cast. Oh, my you know, God, it's got a great Walken, cast. Christopher Walken, Lily Taylor. I think. Yeah,
0: Annabella Chiora. Um, Edie Falco is in this.
1: Yeah, and even it's got a lot of sopranos. It does have a lot of sopranos. Um, Michael Imperioli yeah, is in he's, it, too. Yeah, he's so a lot of sopranos' faces. I know. Yeah, exactly. So
0: Christopher Walken is, is the mentor in this. And how perfect <laughs> is that? Right? <laughs> it's like she. <laughs> annabelle you're bites her bites lily taylor lily, lily taylor is uh a, a getting her phd in philosophy and that's the other kind of thing it's a black and white movie and it's set in new york and it's philosophy students if you can take that for 90 minutes it's a great movie but i mean yeah. there is so much like philosophical are we really evil are we not really evil yeah and there's a lot of references so to sartre
1: and and, oh, and, Nietzsche and a lot of that philosophy um stuff. but
0: then but then uh You know, so the middle act slogs a little bit with that, but Lily Taylor is just a genius no matter what she does. And then so finally she's just she just stumbles into Christopher Walken, who's going to teach her how to be a vampire, and he's just batshit in that beautiful Christopher Walken way. (laughs) He's so great. And it's such a total tonal shift from the entire rest of the movie, and it's a nice break from all that. And then they get back into some of that sort of philosophical bullshit, but then there is this sort of, Back and all carnage thing that happens that's awesome. And it's a really short film. So basically, 100% worth it. And it's the same. So if you don't know him before, he did uh, Driller Killers. He did Bad Lieutenant. Oh my yeah. God, I'm still scarred from Bad the Lieutenant. The craziness
1: that is Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. <laughs> if you knew how
0: much Harvey Keitel looked like my dad. And I can't unsee it. <laughs> um.
1: <laughs>
0: but no, I mean it is. It's the first time that we've talked about it before, and and I, it's yeah. almost made several lists. But but this Christopher Walken is so much fun in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's a good one to bring up because I think even though it, it just was in the nineties ninety five, it's one that doesn't get a lot of talk. A lot of uh, no. a lot of people missed it, so no. that's one to check out. Number five on our list of horror mentors: The Addiction, and moving up to number four. This is one I think we just talked about just a couple of podcasts ago, but it's worth bringing up again. In an abandoned house in Poughkeepsie, New York, murder investigators uncover hundreds of tapes showing decades of a serial killer's work from 2007, the Poughkeepsie tapes. There's blood out there. Please do
0: something. Do something. Do something. We have to wait 24 hours. No, there is blood. There is blood out there. Send the
1: police. now. Today, police made a shocking discovery in Poughkeepsie. Do you mind if I film this? I'm making a little movie about my trip. Oh my God! Oh my God! I know we talked about, we touched on this when we talked about this a couple, a uh, couple podcasts ago. Prostitutes. The, it was in the prostitutes. podcast. That's right, podcast. prostitutes podcast. But this one has a a weird history because even though it's technically a 2007 film, it didn't see the light of day for about six or seven years later. Yeah. Which I think is still kind of mystery as to why that happened. Well,
0: it's really, it was really just a distribution issue. You know, the distributor kind of fell through and then they had trouble finding additional distribution. But it worked, I think, in the film's favor because it developed this notoriety right. of like, ooh, you can't see this one. And when it finally came out, people watched it. It is a very difficult film to watch even though you don't really see much of, of anything. But it's, it's very well put together. The directors went on to do... Um, Quarantine. They they sort of you know adapted the screenplay and they wrote the American version of Quarantine and directed that and um, and a couple of other ones that are not nearly as good like Devil. Remember that one in the elevator?
1: Oh yeah, I know.
0: Problematic. Anyway, um, the what when we talked about this with prostitutes, it's because there is this this really fascinating sort of side plot into he's he's the serial killer is like sending um, police on this wild goose chase uh, as he murders off these prostitutes uh, and there's this really really tense scene with a balloon. Uh, But the main part of this film, he has taken Cheryl, poor Cheryl, oh my God. (laughs) He's taken poor Cheryl hostage and well, even though he just murders galore all around her, he does, her he keeps. And, uh, And the police find, and they show it instead of counting it, they just show like a room, like a hallway just full of these tiny video cassettes that are all Cheryl, like all the way back down this room. It's really, really, disturbing and basically what he does eventually he just wears her down and then creates himself in her like he just recreates himself and and turns her into his protege and it's really very disturbing to watch and especially you know in the third act and if you haven't seen it don't watch it yet, because we just scheduled it for 2019, so come back for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but because we were thinking about it after we talked about it last time, no one has seen it. It never got theatrically distributed. Yeah. You had to wait to see it on DVD. So not that you haven't seen it, but you haven't seen it on a big screen. So if you haven't seen it, put it off and come back and see it with us. But the resolution is really quite disturbing. And, uh, and even though the whole movie, it's really well put together. They made it in like, what, 14 yeah, fif- days?
1: F- 15 days. Um, yeah. So. Uh,
0: and the performances are really good. You know, considering the type of it's almost a found footage movie, not really, but almost. Uh, But uh, the way that that the film treats this kind of mentor protege relationship is deeply disturbing. Yeah,
1: because it turns out to be more of a mentorship than you know going into it. Uh, Like you said, he wears her down to get uh, this this mentor that he was that he was after. And that is the Poughkeepsie tapes. From 2007, number four on our list. Moving up to number three, this is from 2003. It's a serial killer using a horror video rental to lure his next victim. This is one we showed, what, last year? And everybody loved it. It was the last horror movie. You see that there? We're making a film of this. We're trying to make
0: an intelligent movie about murder while actually doing the murders. You've got to stop it! All this stuff you're doing. Whatever happens, this is going to be your last horror movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this was one that was a lot of fun to show uh, as part of Fright Club Live because, again, not a lot of people had seen it, Actually, and it I really think made a good impression. This might be
0: impression. the one that no one had seen; not one person had seen it, mm-hmm. and that was super exciting. And then it also, and, it, and I, I thought about it again just now. He reminds me so much of John Taylor from Duran Duran, <laughs> and like I didn't realize it the first. I don't know. Several times I saw it, and we watched it here, like as a group. I'm like, that's why I like this movie.
1: <laughs> so this this podcast is subtitled. Hopes crushes. That's right. Basically, that's right. It's what we're getting into.
0: It's a fun movie, though. It is, yeah, and it is. And it's really, really smart. And it's also, it is, it is, to a certain degree, it's a found footage movie, right? Because basically, we, the audience, are yeah. the video rental people who have found this movie that somebody it, left for us. It's
1: kind of a, it's kind of a wink, wink, found yes. footage movie, you know? Because there's so much of it. He's staring right at the camera, so he's usually when you do use that device, you're implicating the right. audience right. In, in what's going on, and so it's very darkly humorous yes. in that way. Yeah, very cheeky. And the lead actor, Kevin Howarth, who plays Max, is really good.
0: He is really good. Uh, and then also, you, you hear the thick Scottish accent. That is the assistant. It's basically this homeless guy that he he rounds up to just help him to carry the equipment and things like this. And the idea is eventually the homeless guy, he's going to capture killing some people as well. Not that it necessarily turns out as well as it might for the homeless guy. <laughs> um, but it is a really, uh, it's an interesting Way to go about, because you have to have, um, the trailer mentions Man Bites Dog, and, and there are some parallels to that, yeah, which is yeah. also a documentary crew who is following a serial killer, and then the, the doc, documentary crew is sort of implicated in the murder because they don't do anything to stop it. But this kid is so hapless, you know, and that he he basically just just turns on the killer because he doesn't really, you see him, like, swing at somebody in the head and then just run away. It's... um. And then the way that that's resolved again is really very fascinating.
1: Yeah, there are a few scenes in particular that really recall Man Bites Dog. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and both of them are, are very much worth seeing. So if you haven't, uh, if you've missed that one, it might be a good one to check out. Number three on our list of Horror Mentors, the last horror movie from 2003. And that takes us up to number two, the one that we're going to see tonight, uh, the next great psycho horror slasher has given a documentary crew exclusive access to his life. It's Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Everybody thinks we just wake up one morning and start obsessing about a girl and start stalking her, killing everybody that gets in the way. That does seem to happen a lot with you guys. That boy, he's going to be the best yet. Why are you doing this? We're not going to have this conversation. Oh, why? What, you know? set in the You band. have no idea who you're dealing with. What
0: they got got filming those cameras, boys? I cannot stand here and let this happen. Does he get it? We're in this now. We're part of this equation. You have to tell me. What happens to me?
1: We always like nights like tonight where there's a good crowd and there's a lot of people in the crowd that haven't seen the movie. Most so people. All the more reason to slip away into an empty theater, as we always do, to talk about the movie before we get back in there and see it. And you know what's funny about this? A lot of things I like about this movie. One thing I don't like, I don't like the title. Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon? I I think it's boring. I don't think it fits the movie for as fun and as enjoyable as this movie is. They could have come up with something a little more clever. It seems a little boring, but that's nitpicking because there's a lot to enjoy in this movie. And I think for a lot of people that maybe haven't heard of it Mm -hmm. and stumble across it, kind of as we did, um, through you know, the recommendation the, of someone else
0: Right my sister Joy and that doesn't usually goes the other right, way it does. right so it, yeah. was, it was yeah she loved this and yeah. she talked us into watching and we loved it as well
1: Yeah Yeah there's a lot going on first of all there's you, you could watch it and then watch it again just to try to see if you can pick up all the oh, calls yeah. all the to calls. other Doc horror Halloran movies and-
0: the songs they play in the background, character and, names, oh, yeah. even Kane Hodder oh, is sure. has a little bit cameo in it. So there's oh, a lo- there's loads of cameos. Yeah. sure.
1: There's a lot of that going on because three fourths of the movie is it's so meta, mm-hmm. you know, in yeah. explaining, in breaking down the tropes that these types of movies use.
0: Well, it's funny. So the whole film takes place in this this little town of Glen Echo, but it's in a universe where you know a Nightmare on Elm Street. Actually happened, and you know right. uh, came Crystal Lake really you know, so it's fun in that way that this is this is the universe that we 're in, and so Leslie has decided he 's going to be the next great one he 's going to be the next legendary slasher, and with the most of the movie, he has this documentary crew that 's following him as he trains and preps you know for the big night and it, right. and the whole film, I think, really hinges on nathan basil 's performance he 's just. Perfect. As Leslie, he's adorable yeah. Yeah. as Leslie.
1: He is. He's always kind of grinning. He's got that shit-eating grin. And when he when he's pulling the reporter's chain, and then little tricks that he that he yeah. pulls. And yeah, it it is. Um, it's fun in that way. And yeah, you, you're right. It exists in this universe where the the, the main ones he keeps mentioning, Jason, Michael, and Freddie. Right. And they are in this movie real right. pe- people, real inspirations for him to be the next great serial killer. And it's it's just a hoot. The way they get behind it and talk to his mentor. Oh yeah, and love that. And, back... and his mentor's wife. Who's yeah, and just his as mentor's funny. wife, and all the things he's going to do, and how he follows the script of just how these killers operate, which means how these movies operate. Right, right. And you know what? Actually, it made me think of we we just wrote a blog post a couple of weeks ago defending a quiet place. Sure. Because if there's a there's a, a little crowd out there that kind of picks it apart for saying that it's not very logical. And one of the points that you made that we made in the blog was that, but people revere these slasher movies, and people make idiotic <laughs> choices throughout each and every. And yeah. this movie yeah, kind of spotlights it does. that. It it's does. one of the fun things that the movie in does. an affectionate way. It does. Yeah. That's oh, very much so in affectionate way. But then one of the real fun things about this movie, and we got to give a shout-out to the uh, the filmmaker, uh, writer-director Scott, Scott Glosserman, Glosserman mm-hmm. as well as the uh, the star you just mentioned, uh, Nathan, Nathan Basil. Basil. But then, about three-fourths of the movie in, it stops being a, quote, found footage type of movie where they're relying on the camera right. crew's footage right. and becomes what you would see in one of these slasher right, movies, right, right. which yeah. I thought was great. Yeah.
0: It's just clever. Uh, it's incredibly well-executed. And it, like you said, it's just fun. It's a hoot. It's a fun, fun movie.
1: And we were talking to a few people a little bit earlier in Happy Hour who have already seen it yeah. and have a lot of great love for it. Yes. In fact, one uh, was saying that it's a, it's a really good movie to watch with a crowd so you can hoop and holler.
0: Yes. Yeah, and it did get a good response. It did get a good response. I was saying uh, that, that Melissa... Our friend Melissa, who comes, and we always love when she comes. She has the best laugh, and she you can does, hear it yeah. through the whole through the whole theater when she laughs. Yeah,
1: so we're looking forward to that. We, we anticipate uh, hearing some of that tonight. And also, we should say I wouldn't call it a, a stinger at the end, but it's worth staying through the credits. It absolutely is because there's yes. there's some fun. Yeah, there's some fun that goes on, and uh, I guess starting
0: with a great song placement.
1: <laughs> yeah, Psycho Killer. Yeah. Not the Jack Black cover <laughs> that's just been making the rounds on the internet, but the that original uh, Talking Heads, of course. Yeah, but you might if you if you have the time, stay through the credits. There's a little fun going on there. Just one of the many fun things in the movie that we're just about to roll tonight. Behind the Mask: The Rise of Leslie Vernon, number two on our frightful mentors in horror. So, what do you say? Time to see the movie? I think so. Let's do that. Well, we know a lot of people haven't seen it, so we're not going to say really anything at all except be on the lookout. There are a ton of horror film homages and horror film callbacks all over this movie. So just be on the lookout, and you're going to have a great time, I think. And also another thing that we were talking about in Happy Hour a little bit earlier, I guess there's some Kickstarters. There have been some some crowdfunding attempts to try to get a sequel to this made or maybe even a TV series. So hopefully we can keep our fingers crossed that we see that uh, coming soon. So uh, that is tonight's movie, and that's number two. So that takes us up to number one, uh, a movie that we've talked about several times because it's so good and so influential, and it's our top horror mentor movie from 1986, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer.
0: You're telling me you never killed anybody before? I ain't saying that. Open your eyes, it. Look at the world. Either you or them. You know what I
1: mean. Well, this is one that we've talked about a lot and dissected in different ways, but because of the, the subject matter tonight, I think just think about the, the mentorship aspect of this movie between Otis and, uh, and Henry.
0: Yeah and they show actually several of the of the the best lines in the movie where where Henry just gets irritated with Otis like when he says, it, "Are you telling me you've never killed anyone before?" Yeah. And then that's what starts it off and then he's, you know, he's training Otis and and you know, urging him on and then again it's like, "Can you handle it yourself or do you need some help?" I um it's such a creepy film and it it's such an incredibly incredibly well-made film with just the best performances. But the fact that it's it's Like, it toys with who is the hero of the movie. It's like you you wind up without even trying to kind of, you know, siding with these just the worst human beings on Earth as they kind of have this weird camaraderie and they develop this weird family relationship while, you know, Henry is just doing this good deed of helping Otis find himself as a serial killer. It's it's alarming, I think, how you can settle into kind of like being comfortable with that, being comfortable with the, this is the movie that we're watching and this is the hero that I have. Um, it's just, you know, it's really, it's not like anything else, that the, that movie.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting the the dynamic between the two of them because the two actors, uh, of course Michael Rooker and uh, Tom Tolles, uh, got with the um, writer-director John McNaughton and they kind of viewed Otis as a comic buffoon type of character mm-hmm. and they encouraged a lot of improvisation, which is... Interesting because Tom Tolls, even though he didn't have any really dramatic acting training, he had taken some classes in improvisational comedy. So, which is
0: funny because this is not a movie you'd consider funny, right? It's but not. it's not.
1: It's not. It's extremely grim. It's not but a laugh riot. You brought that up about yeah. the, the uh, interplay between the characters. They did a lot of improvising, and if and if you kind of pull back from it now and think of that, okay, they approach that character as a comic buffoon. It kind of works, even it though does. it's so. You're right. It's so grim. And especially the you know the ending and how if yeah. you if you have grown a sympathy for these characters up until then it kind of punches you in the gut. Yes, it does uh, there at the end, and it's one of the many reasons it is so influential. And it's another one, much like the Poughkeepsie tapes, that didn't get released for years after it was made. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah, it has. A, it's
0: because it got made, and they thought they had like a like a serial killer movie on a their slasher hands. Movie, they thought they had yeah. a slasher and on their hands, not. and then they saw it, and we're like, um, no one wants to see. Actually, we were on when we were on Hellbent for Horror. This movie came up, and he said, and he's a great S.A. Bradley, he's a great lover of horror movies, and he goes, I mean, nobody loves Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. I'm like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> nobody my, seems like a strong word. My but hand is up. <laughs> but even, you know, even if you don't, though, I mean, and anybody would have to look at it and think it's it's such a groundbreaking film, mm-hmm. and I think he g- gains more of that respect as the, as the years go on. And uh, it's number one on our list of horror mentors, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. And we got to get out of here because we've just got a couple minutes before we're going to see uh, behind the mask, the rise of Leslie Vernon. So let us know what you thought about this um, this countdown, these movies. Anything we talked about? Easiest way to find us on social media: our Twitter is at Mad Wolf, M A D D W O L F. What up?
0: And at Fright Club Pod, since Fright Club has its own Twitter handle. Yes, so. Fright Club Pod. That's right. On the Twitter. That's right.
1: And on uh, Facebook and Instagram, we're Mad Wolf Columbus, and you can hit us up any of those ways. And we look forward to. Hear from you and hear and seeing you back here in a month for the September episode of Fright Club Live.
0: September 12th. Yeah. And we're going to show a movie. I, I really hope you haven't seen it because it's a glorious big screen movie and it's so fucked up. Uh, and it's called uh, Der Samurai. Are <sighs> uh, you excited? Uh-huh. And we're going to talk about fractured fairy tales in horror films.
1: Yeah. So that should be fun. We hope to see you here again. That is Wednesday, September the 12th. We always do this the second Wednesday. Of Every month right here at the Gateway Film Center in Columbus, Ohio, our home away from home. By the way, anybody that came in late, if you didn't get a Fright Club button, we have plenty right down here on the table. Grab one on the way out, and we're getting ready to see a movie. So are we ready? We are. All right. Uh, until next time, she's Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Stay my friends.